Well, hello, good evening. My name is Aaron, for those of you that were not here at the beginning of the service. And uh, welcome to our Good Friday celebration, our Good Friday remembrance and participation in uh, the offering of our Lord Jesus Christ. I grew up in Northeast Ohio, and um, so as the summer is now getting warmer, I'm reminded of the, the many spring and summer days when I would uh, run wildly through the woods and the grass and the ditches uh, when I was young and uh, come home absolutely filthy. Um, not a privilege that many children in the city are afforded, but I really did enjoy uh, the, uh, the unbounded, uh, unhinged, uh, tearing through, uh, building forts, running through ditches, um, my friends and I making a complete mess of ourselves um, in, in, the, in the woods, uh, in the front yard, in the backyard. Uh, we would come home from hours and hours of play and exploration and fort building, and uh, we would come home unable to enter our homes. We would come home absolutely barred from entrance to uh, even the filthiest room in, in, in the homes that we, uh, we belong to. Before uh, the entrance fee to, to, to enter back into civilization, to enter back into relationship with, with those who are in civilization, was to be hosed off. And you know what I'm talking about. To be hosed off means that an ordinary garden hose would receive uh, an, a, an attachment, a cruel attachment. <laughs> and uh, that attachment would be adjusted just so to emit what my wife calls mean spray. And that mean spray could come at you at 80 miles an hour, this much of a diameter, go 100 or 200 yards. Uh, I exaggerate, of course, but not by much. And just dig into your skin. The person with the privilege of holding the garden hose would take the garden hose, extend their arms, turn their heads, and just spray at you. Hopefully getting all the mud off. Hopefully getting getting the filth and the sludge and all that makes you smell, removing it from your body. And usually that was enough. That was enough at least to the next entrance fee, which was a shower. Now, now that I'm grown up and you're grown up, you know and I know that there are plenty of situations that aren't tangibly muddy. They don't actually bring mud into your life. But there's kind of a grown-up version of attracting filth and attracting mud into your life, to your mind, to your body, to your relationships, things that smell to you, that contaminate, that make you feel uneasy about your own existence. Maybe it's something that you've said in the heat of a moment. You didn't mean it, but you said it, and now you wish you could unsay it. And the memory of it feels like mud. Or maybe it's something that was said to you, something awful, something that sticks to you. Maybe it's a word spoken in your presence that you just wish you could unhear. Some of us have seen images that we can't get out of our minds. They cling to us. They're the equivalent of sludge. Those stories, those images that we've heard or that we've seen... They cling to our imagination. They stick to us. 
and we don't know how to wash it away. Others of us have a pattern of behavior or thought that we can't seem to stop. We know it's wrong, we know it hurts us, we know it hurts other people, but the urge is too powerful, and we keep returning to the same thing. We keep hurting people in the same way. Here's one question to identify the grown-up version of mud and sludge that we accumulate. What is it about you that you don't want anyone else to know? What thoughts cross your mind? What stories have you heard come across? Situations have you been in? You don't want to talk about it. You hope it goes away. I know that when I've accumulated my own grown-up versions of mud, my first solution, the solution that I desire, is to be hosed off. Hosed off in a spiritual way. Hosed off in an emotional way. Hosed off in a psychological way. I want a private, individual prayer to make the sludge go away. God, help me. God, take away that thought. God, undo what I've done. I want God to turn his head, extend his arm, and spray at me, making all the sludge go away, making all the mud go away. It's easier that way. Help me forget that awful story that I heard. Help me stop hurting people. I want God to take his hose and turn his nose and just spray me off from a distance. Because when he does, I don't have to be reminded of my sludge. It just goes away. I want to be relieved of the sludge as quickly and efficiently as possible. Just heal me. We are drawn to be hosed off. It allows us to keep up appearances. It allows us to not get too close to people with our smell and our contamination. It's quick, it's easy, it's efficient, it's not too personal. It's like a touchless human car wash. I just want to go through the touchless human car wash have all of the slime and the sludge that I've accumulated by my fault or the fault of someone else, and just have it washed away, easy, simple, private, everything's good. This is an isolating experience. This is an ineffective way to deal with the sludge that clings to our souls. It doesn't work. It's easier, and it does not work does not clean us like we need to be cleaned. doesn't bring us to wholeness like, it needs to be, like we need to be brought into wholeness. We do not flourish like we are meant to flourish when we go through the touchless human car wash, when we're sprayed off anonymously, privately. It's not God's way. There's a better way. It's interesting, in the Gospel of John, from which our Gospel lesson comes from tonight, if you look at the whole gospel and look at what Jesus promises, he promises to do truly amazing things using liquids. It's interesting because when the gospel starts out in the, in the second chapter, he goes to a wedding, they run out of wine, which is an extremely embarrassing situation for the, for the, uh, the hosts. Jesus is just a guest, but Jesus tells the caterer, hey, take some empty jars, have it filled with water, and then take those jars of water to the, uh, to the host. And the caterers obey, and the jars of water are brought to the host. They, it's poured out, and all of a sudden it becomes wine. Jesus is pointing to the power that he has with liquids. He promises in another place, um, he ran into a woman uh, at a well. And, uh, and this woman was drawing water. She was thirsty. She needed water. 
And he said to her, whoever drinks of the water that I will give will never be thirsty. Never, ever, forever, will never be thirsty. If you have the water that I'm going to give you, you'll never be thirsty. Now that's quite a promise. You're going to give water and I'm never going to be thirsty forever? First of all, you're saying that I'm going to live forever. And second of all, you're promising to take away my thirst forever? That's quite a promise. And in another case, uh, people were following him. Lots of people. In fact, he thought too many people. So he decided to say some controversial things to thin out the crowds. And he said to them, whoever drinks my blood and feeds on my flesh has eternal life. And I will raise him up on the last day. Now, how could you ever keep that promise? You're going to give your blood and we're going to drink it. That's weird. But we're going to live forever. What a promise. What a promise. This time with blood. And then in another uh, instance, he stood up publicly and he said, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, there will be rivers of living water flowing out of him. Okay, so now you don't even, it's not just that your thirst is quenched, and it's not just that you live forever. You actually, within you, have a spring of water that gushes out forever and ever of living water from you, not just from Jesus but for anyone that Jesus touches with his liquids. Amazing promises of liquids to complete the human person in a way that you or I would never expect to be. We, I mean, we just want an easier life. We want a rich and meaningful life. But whoever said anything about living forever, whoever said anything about being united with Jesus, how those promises must have looked from those people who believed him, who saw him hanging lifeless from the cross. Imagine, you believed Jesus, you wanted it to be true, and you're looking up at his dead body, and you're going, how in the world could that man give me water and blood that would heal me, that would complete me and make me live forever? He didn't even live forever. He didn't even live till he was 40 years old. He promised me. Where's that eternal spring of water now? Where's the blood that will give us never-ending life? You promised to raise us up, and yet here you are, dead. Verses 33 through 31 of our text, which is just on the other side of your bulletin, says this. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. What does this mean? They came up to Jesus' body, realizing that he was dead. One of the soldiers took his spear, poked him in the side, and out came blood and water. Now, many medical uh, students have studied this and tried to figure out what exactly this means. There have been many plausible explanations for why blood and water would flow out of the side of Jesus. I'm not a medical guy. I get freaked out by needles. Uh, and so I'm not going to summarize those, uh, those, the, those plausibility uh, situations for you. However, here's what the text is teaching us. Jesus was really dead. And Jesus was really giving life. Finally, the fountain 
has been opened up. The fountain's been opened up, but only after Jesus took the cup of God's wrath and drank it to its fill. Only after Jesus obeyed and gave up his spirit and said, I thirst, I'm so thirsty. And in his thirst, drank the cup of God's wrath and gave up his spirit willingly. Then the rivers of life flowed from his very body. Blood flowed from his body that could give life. Water from his body that flowed from his body that could give life. This was no mere blood and water. This was the living fountain that gives healing and forgiveness and eternal life. His death was tangible and it was real. And the life that comes from his body is tangible and it is real. Now even though the cross was a one-time event in history, the benefits of the cross are applied today. Even though we don't see with our eyes the water and the blood coming from the side of Christ, the reality of this fountain is still accessible to us because when Christ said he was going to pour out rivers of living water, he was talking about his Holy Spirit and he gave his Holy Spirit before he left. He breathed on his disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. The church received the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost and the Holy Spirit ministers the blood and the water that flowed from Christ's side to us today. Listen, friends, Jesus does not hose us down in disgust. He pours out his life as a fountain to wash us clean. Jesus does not hose us down in disgust from a distance. He actually invites us close. He invites us to his side where there's a fountain of living water a fountain of water and blood for our healing and our life. He invites us to come all the way up to his pierced side and be washed in the fountain. He invites us to come close to his side, sludge still covering us inside out. He invites the inconvenience. He invites the mess. He bids us close, friends. Our sufferings and our secrets, our cravings and our contaminations, our smell our sickness. Come close to the sight of Christ. Bring your anger and bring your animosity. Bring your doubts and bring your disease. Bring your wounds, bring your waywardness. There is a fountain from the sight of Christ. His living water, his blood mingle together to cleanse us from the inside out. It's a healing stream. It makes us alive. In fact, it produces itself, not only, not only does it quench our thirst, but it also creates a fountain of living water that springs forever. See, when you get hosed off, you're alone in your mess. You're standing there in the kiddie pool. Someone's hosing you off with mean spray, condemning you for who you are and what you've accumulated. The fountain of Christ's side makes it possible for us to never have to leave his side ever. He said it was eternal. He said it would give us eternal life. When you come to the side of Christ from where blood and water flow, you never have to leave even after you die. You can always be at his side. You can always be in the fountain. Have you ever been in the shower and it feels so good? It's like, ah, so warm and I was so cold. I'm being cleaned and uh, I was so dirty and I'm being cleaned. It's so great. And someone's like, you're turning up our water bill. Get out of the shower. Or, you know, Billy needs to get in the shower. Turn off the shower. Get out of the shower. Get out of the shower. You ever been in that situation? 
Am I the only Midwestern one in this room here? There's always more. You never have to leave. There's always more than enough. There's always enough for you to get close. There's always enough to heal you. There's always enough so that it overflows. It doesn't just heal you. It, goes be, it, it actually leads to, to incredible life. You actually become someone who can minister the presence of Christ. You become someone who can speak the truth of Christ to other people who are hurting, other people who feel contaminated, other people who are feeling separated from themselves, from their world, from their God. A fountain of living water. Jesus said he would create it within you to come to his side. You come to his side and you receive the blood and the water mingling together to forgive your sins. Tonight is Good Friday. Jesus' death was real. It was tangible. Our response can be just as tangible. John says that this was written so that we would believe. He said they will look on him who they have pierced. It was supposed to create belief. Friends, belief is not a feeling. Belief is not a thought. Belief is a response to an event. And when you respond, you will undoubtedly feel some things. You will undoubtedly think some things. It is a marriage of heart and mind together. Not only heart and mind, but body. Response. We are called to a response when we look upon the pierced side of Christ from which blood and water flow for our very life. I want to offer some practical pathways of faith, practical ways to come to the side of Christ to be washed. The first way is to pray at the cross. To pray at the cross. We are going to see for the first time the cross that has been made for Emmanuel to use in our worship services, hopefully into decades and centuries into the future, long after all of us have gone. It's a cross prepared by one of our artists from reclaimed wood. We're going to simply lay it down here on the floor of the kiva. And I invite you to come down. There'll be a time when we're all singing, and I'll let you know when that time is. You can simply come down and touch the cross and let it remind you that Christ's soul was poured out for you. That he actually poured his soul out for you. He poured his life out for you. And you can be reminded of that by coming to the cross and praying near the cross. Secondly, I invite you to make a confession to a prayer minister. They'll have a cross around their necks. Many of them are seated right here on the floor of the kiva. Leaders here at Emmanuel, people that can be trusted to receive your confession with confidentiality. I'll be available as well. If you feel led to, to share a confession, that pathway is available to you tonight. You can also share burdens. You can share requests. Maybe someone sinned against you. That makes you feel heavy. Pray with a prayer minister. You can pray with them about anything that's on your heart. Now, why confess your sins? Why can't you just pray to God? Jesus, when he was at the well with the woman, and she said, give me this living water. 
give me this living water? He said, go call your husband. Go call my husband. I don't have a husband. That's right. You have five. There's a problem in your life. Jesus was saying, in in essence, my living water touches your area of brokenness. It's not abstract. It's specific. You need it to be specific because you need freedom from what you feel is a part of you. You feel like it's clung to you so deeply that you can't even separate who you are and what's clung to you. Confession unleashes the power of the cross in an embodied way. Of course it is Jesus that forgives you. Of course it is God who forgives you. The life comes from him, not from a person. But the Lord has given the church a responsibility to hear confessions so that people can be healed, so that people can find forgiveness, so that people can know from another person the truth that God has already spoken, the truth that God has already lived, which is that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We need to hear that. If you're not yet a Christian, but you believe, you want to respond in belief, maybe you feel a lot of different things, maybe you are thinking a lot of different things, but you believe this is true. This is a true event in history. Christ actually died, and he actually died for you and for your benefit. You can also tell that to a prayer minister. And I invite you to be baptized on Sunday. We've made it possible in our liturgy that in case there was anyone in between now and Sunday that wanted to be baptized, that you could confess the name of Christ right now, let us know, and you can be baptized on Easter Sunday right here. That is made available to you. Or perhaps if you're not a Christian, you simply want to consider the claims of Christ. Come back on Sunday and consider thinking and consider engaging with Jesus. There's a great hymn that a woman named Fanny Crosby wrote to describe the pure sight of Christ and what it meant for her. She just said, Rock of ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Let the water and the blood from thy riven side which flowed be for sin the double cure. Wash me, Savior. Wash me now. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I invite you now to stand.